1: Hi, it's Jackie Cation, and you are listening to The Dork Forest. The website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you like a determiner. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com, and Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song, with his wife, Sarah. He composed it and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to the dorks forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off and no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCacia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCacia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both thorkforest.com and Jackie And there's Venmo if you like Venmo, Jackie Hyphen oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a a, a lot of ones that are free from pre-2009 when I started pre-recording. And uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks, so I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand-up. There's a story uh, album that's very exciting there. And um, other than that... I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD. And uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room. I'm not. I continue to say it. I'm in my, uh, essentially, the tiny room, the nice uh, tiny room Next to my garage. Uh, so I'm in my garage, you guys. And I'm with David Reese. Doubt, did I pronounce it right? I forgot to Nailed check. Nailed
0: it. First first try. One and done. David
1: Reese, ladies and gentlemen, creator and co-creator of a Hulu show called Dicktown. And has a podcast called Election Profit Makers. Gee, I wonder what that's about. You guys, David Reese is in uh, is in the dork forest and it's very exciting. And you have a dorkdom. That I've never had before, which is effects pedals.
0: Oh, no one's ever done that before?
1: No, I only know about them because they're for sale in Animal Crossing at the store. What? If you wish to purchase a set of effects pedals, you can.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, well, that's good. That feels like a, a, a the, moment of cultural breakthrough for effects <laughs> pedals. I'm excited about that.
1: Do you feel seen? Yeah. Do you feel seen? <laughs>
0: Yes, they held space for effects pedals in, in Animal Crossing. I'm very, I'm very grateful for that.
1: Um, are they exactly what they sound like? They can do sound effects, but you press a pedal?
0: Well, you know, if you're not familiar with them, I would love, yeah, let's, before I tell you what they are, I would love to know what you think they are. Do you have any associations think... with, with these devices?
1: No, it sounds like, uh, it, uh, I don't know if it's an electric guitar thing or if it's a, it sounds like it looks like it might be looks like it might be mm-hmm. or if it be like a sound effects thing like it would it would you could do any effects from the pedals oh
0: i see okay your first guess is a little bit closer although with the advent of digital technology your second guess is not as far afield as it would have been 40 or 50 years ago
1: could have been possible could have been right?
0: it's possible now to To have a pedal that will make just about any sound. So, yeah, effects pedals or guitar stomp box effects are little devices that change the tone of your instrument. They're most most commonly used with guitar. So, like, a wah-wah pedal is an iconic effects pedal. Okay. Or a fuzz pedal is an iconic effects pedal. But... There are pedals that do all sorts of things. You can add reverb to your guitar. You can add echo to your guitar. Oh. You, you can have the pedal actually slice up your guitar signal and spit it out back at you randomly. You can... So this
1: is electric. This is... this is. Have they always been... Like, since electric guitars, mm-hmm. like, was the first one, was it just sort of interrupting? Is it interrupting what's coming from a guitar going out of the speaker?
0: Yes, they are playing... <sighs> Now we get to talk about signal chain. This is wonderful. It's already the best <laughs> podcast I've ever been on. Yes. So typically, so the typical use of a stompbox effects pedal is this: you have your guitar, you have a cable running out of your guitar into one or more stompbox effects, and then from okay. there it goes into your amp and is amplified, and then fills the fills the rock club with wonderful music. Right?
1: Joy. 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 Right. Yes.
0: And if you're if you're if you're a serious stompbox effects person, or if your band or your music requires a lot of effects, you'll have something called a pedal board, which is a huge portable, kind of like um, platform where all your pedals are laid out. You know, because some people will have like up to ten or fifteen or twenty pedals on their pedal board. Okay. If they're going to play something really trippy, maybe they need maybe they need reverb, and maybe they need reverse delay, and maybe they need you know uh, something that that simultaneously plays an octave above and below whatever note they're playing. And then maybe they is, add some fuzz, you know?
1: Right. And is each pedal in the pedal board an effect pedal?
0: Yes. Essentially. Uh, effects pedal yeah. is a generic term for these types of devices that change a guitar tone. Got it. But some effects I'm pedals some effects pedals are more extreme than others, right?
1: Right. Some of them that really makes- do
0: classify as like sound effects, right? Special sound effects, like really really trippy stuff.
1: Okay. So you're you're playing your guitar.
0: Playing playing you, the guitar, yep.
1: And you want it to have reverb or be fuzzy.
0: Yeah, like um let's think of some famous examples of Do you know the band
1: yeah. Heart? I am familiar with the band Heart.
0: Do you know a song by the band Heart that's called Barracuda? Yes. Barracuda has yes, a Yes, ba- I do. Barracuda has a very distinctive guitar sound. It's mm-hmm. kind of a whooshing sound. That's a okay. that's a flanger. That's a flanger effect. Which okay. is a which is I think a moving envelope filter that changes the tone of the, the signal and gives you that kind of whooshing sound. That's an iconic effects pedal.
1: Okay. So if
0: I'm All in, right. if I'm in a heart cover band and it's time to play Barracuda, maybe I haven't used my flanger pedal yet throughout the night because maybe it hasn't been called for. But when we do Barracuda, we have to nail it or the bride and the groom at this wedding are going to be really pissed off. <laughs> so, Cause it
1: has to have that whoosh sound. Yeah. It
0: has to have that iconic whooshing sound. So I tap a button on the effects pedal, which turns on the effects pedal. And now my guitar, t- my, now my guitar signal, which is running through that pedal now has the whooshing sound because okay. the, the tone has been processed by this little device.
1: So a, a guitar itself, even even an electric guitar, I'm sorry, we're going to have to back up and talk briefly about guitars. You want to guitars. talk about what guitars are? But kind of. All right, we can do that. I have, I have, there are two other guitar episodes, Dave Hill and oh, Fred yeah. Armisen. Well,
0: Dave Hill, so, I know, is a big effects pedal guy.
1: Okay. He, he has pedal Hi. company
0: sponsorships that I'm extremely envious of but we can save oh, that pedal. we can save that <laughs> we- for the spinoff podcast dark forest where i talk about all my dark resentments of other people <laughs> who have more pedals uh, than i do uh,
1: we're going to be talking about pedal sponsorship and what the hell all that right. means right. later but uh let's let me ask this question first which is when a guitar is played and it's acoustic it strings over a box and the box and the, the guitar sounds like whatever it sounds like because of the strings over the box that's correct when a string, when an electric guitar, how is this noise being made?
0: You sound like my mom back when I was in high school in the basement. How is how this is, noise being made? So, <laughs> so. That
1: feels sweeping and judgmental. I'm right. so sorry. No, yeah, it's fine.
0: <laughs> electric guitars have pickups. Pickups are um, devices that pick up the... Electric signal of vibrating string. I mean, I actually have no interest in guitars. I only like guitar pedals, so I'm not really sure how electric (laughs) guitars work. The the pickups Uh, are like tightly coiled wires that respond to the strings vibrate, the electric strings on the guitar vibrating.
1: And the, that's why they sound the way they do.
0: That's why they sound the way they do. And that can be a function not only of the type of pickups you have or the weight of the strings you're using, but also the wood that is in the guitar or the shape of the guitar or whether the guitar is a solid body or a hollow body guitar. There's a lot of things that can influence the electric guitar sound. And then another Just
1: like it would with an acoustic. Guitar. Exactly, just
0: like it would okay. with an with an acoustic guitar. And then another with an electric guitar. You have another vital component, which is an amplifier. And amplifiers obviously can color the sound in very distinctive ways. There are certain amps that have, you know, very distinct, iconic sounds. And okay. actually, there are now some pedals. If you can't afford a, a, you know, a collectible old Vox or Fender amp, now maybe for for a fraction of the price, you can buy a pedal that will recreate some of the tonal qualities of that amplifier.
1: Oh, so that's you can cool. so you can
0: have that amp on kind of a budget, yeah. So that's a whole uh, other world of effects pedals.
1: That's um, that's actually uh, very egalitarian, and I <laughs> approve of that.
0: That's yeah. lovely.
1: Uh, so so the effects pedals, like you get your pedal board, you have. What's a standard pedal board uh, effects pedal? Like three or four pedals?
0: Okay. Well, let's let's start with all right. Let's build you a board. Okay. This is fun. This is great. I'll be like okay. your I'll be your personal shopper. Yes, what kind of music do you want to play with your electric guitar?
1: With my electric guitar, mm-hmm. I would like to play. Um, I I enjoy. You know what? I let let's let's play the song "Beth" by Kiss. It's a ballad. Oh, okay. I don't know that there are any. I'm trying to pick a famous song. That wait, is, wait, hold
0: on. That's a piano song, isn't it?
1: Uh maybe. Trying to uh, get it music? right.
0: Oh, Beth, what can I do? I feel like that's a yep. piano song.
1: How about Sticks? You got anything by Sticks?
0: Sure. Why don't we do Come Sail Away by Sticks? Okay. I'm trying to remember the guitar tone on that song. But let's assume you have a standard electric guitar and a standard amplifier. And what okay. you want is a really bright, cutting guitar tone. So... I'm asking in advance for any forgiveness from s- sticks aficionados because, I in case I in case I get this slightly wrong, at the very least, we're going to get you an overdrive pedal, which is going to okay. boost your signal and recreate the sound of an amplifier being overdriven, which is to say, the waveforms will be clipped, okay. which if it clipped. which can have a nice kind of harmonic quality to it. Okay, it's kind of like the classic rock and roll distorted guitar sound, right? Overdrive okay. distortion is technically a different family of pedals but we're going to start we'll start you off with a nice overdrive pedal and let's assume that your amplifier doesn't have reverb on it in okay. that case we will probably also want a reverb pedal so that your guitar sits kind of in front of the mix and has a little more body to it
1: okay and does that now that for depth is that what the reverb does kind gives of gives you space you depth? yeah space okay.
0: right and reverb pedals now you know, in the digital era, you have reverb pedals where they where it says, do you want it to sound like you're in a tiled bathroom? Do you want it to sound like you're in a cathedral? Do you want it to sound like you're in a cave? What? Do you want it to sound like it's an old spring reverb? Like original reverb uh, in a lot of old guitar amps was just a couple of springs with transistors attached to them. And that gives you that iconic twangy like surf yeah. rock spring reverb. That,
1: that's what I think of when I think reverb. So, yeah, okay. right.
0: Yeah. Um, or maybe you want to recreate a plate reverb, which was an old studio technique where they would have massive metal plates that kind of shimmered in isolated rooms and affected. The, they were used a lot on vocals. Oh, yeah, it's like a okay. really rich kind of dark reverb. So we're definitely huh. going to give you a reverb pedal. And probably a distortion pedal, too, in addition to the overdrive pedal. Okay. Just to be safe in case you want some crunch or you want the, the lead to cut even more. And I feel like that will do it if you're in a sticks band. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll be, what's that? Three pedals? You don't need a pedal board for that.
1: You won't? No, because you can, just, what, what? you can
0: just throw those in a box and walk out of the club when you're done.
1: Okay. So how do you, so you're hooking up the pedals. Are they literally just sort of something you tap with your foot that you put next to the amp if there's only two or three of them?
0: Yeah. I'm going to go get one for you. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be right <laughs> back.
1: Okay. Please do while we re let's let's revisit the fact that david Reese, who is by the way has a podcast called election profit makers and also a tv show on hulu called Dicktown, uh doesn't know how little i know about music that's it so that's what it that's what it is
0: now this this one is a little unusual because i've modified it and you can see that i've added my own extra buttons here
1: okay yeah something with that <gasps>
0: But overall the shape and the size of this is fairly typical. This is a okay, this it's is about a, the
1: size of your hand. Yep. And it's got three knobs on it.
0: A lot of pedals have between two and five knobs. But again, older pedals can be really huge and boxy. Right. And then some new digital pedals are basically like tiny little synthesizers and they'll have a million knobs on them. But when you think of a standard kind of just iconic effects pedal, it's about this yeah. size. About okay. hand-sized. Yep.
1: Um, give me a tour of that of that pedal box, if you would.
0: Wow. All right. So this is a cheap delay pedal that I bought in order to modify it. Right. Um, because I like modifying electronic instruments, and I don't want to modify anything expensive or collectible because there's a, a non non negligible chance that I'll destroy it accidentally.
1: Right, and there's no reason. There's no reason to, to you. Might, if you're going to play with something like this, is what happens with uh with uh, with people who modify action figures. Yeah, they they buy sort of the cheap action figure and then and then they soup it's it. It's fine. Yeah, yep. So you've souped up just a regular pedal box.
0: This is a cheap Arion brand delay stereo okay. delay pedal that I think I paid thirty dollars for. Okay. And what I did was I opened it up and exposed the circuit board and just started poking around with a wire while the pedal was engaged Okay. to see if I could make any interesting sounds. This is called circuit bending. People do it with okay. like old speak and spells and old Casio keyboards and stuff. Okay. Um, circuit bending. And people do it with pedals. And right. so I opened this up and found some bend points where when I connect, you know, I jumped the circuit. I literally shorted the circuit because I created a new route for the signal to go through. Right. It would like make like a crazy. See, I make a lot of like, I guess you would just say like noisy, non-musical music. So like screeching sounds are a plus for me. They wouldn't work in your sticks cover (laughs) band necessarily. No. But if you can get like a crazy overdriven screeching sound, I'm into it. So like, and then this is, this is not an actual button that you engage. This is just a metal screw because when you touch this screw, your own body acts as a resistor, and it bends the pitch of the delayed signal.
1: Okay. So if
0: your guitar goes dung, and then the pedal goes dung, 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 when you touch this, it'll go dung, 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 like that.
1: It oh, okay. It changes the pitch
0: because you've changed the resistance. So that's an example and, of a pedal. That's... And
1: are the knobs affecting how, how much yeah, gain? Forgot, Is it for, gain? <sighs>
0: Okay, we're, 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 we're burning through this lesson. <laughs> gain is relevant on like an overdrive pedal. The overdrive pedal that you have, when you adjust the gain, yeah, you're adjusting the level of the signal. Okay. On, this, on this pedal, this is a delay pedal. It does have three knobs. One of them is just the mix knob, which is how much of the effect do you actually want to hear? If I turn okay. it all the way counterclockwise, you won't hear any of the effect. If okay. I turn it, let's say, to 12 o'clock noon, you'll hear you're, you'll hear an even mix of your unaffected guitar and the delay that the pedal's producing. If you turn That's it all cool. the way up, you'll get nothing but delay. You won't hear okay. your original signal. You'll just hear the repeats. Okay. The second knob here is the depth of the delay, which I think in the case of this pedal... So de- delay pedals have two components. They have what you would call like the buffer size, which is... How long does the pedal wait before it starts repeating what you're playing? So let's say that your original, the original thing you're going to play is donk donk. If I have yep. my pe- delay pedal very quick, if I have the knob set for a very short delay, it's going to go donk 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 donk. If I have it set for a long delay, it might go donk 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 donk. Oh. Right? You're kind of adjusting. You're adjusting the distance that you are from the other mountain on the other side of the canyon before things start flying back at you. Do you know what I mean?
1: I think I just had a tiny epiphany here about what an effects pedal is. I love this. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, oh, the the tension. Let's build some. Here's what I think Mike Furman. Mike Furman is uh, a
0: master of the looper, of the looping effects pedal. Is that different? A looper... Or is it a version of an effects pedal? A a looper is an effects pedal. And they're all different. I have have what is probably the simplest looper you can buy, which is made by TC Electronic, which is one knob and one button. And you can play a musical phrase into it and record it, and then it'll just play it back forever until you stop playing it. Now, what Furman does, the times that I've seen Furman... He's using multiple loops. He's layering loops. It's also what Reggie Watts does. Yes. And those guys have much more sophisticated looper pedals where you can have multiple loops playing simultaneously of different durations. You can right. turn them on and off independently of each other. Um, yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's but they totally. They are effects pedals. Absolutely. Yeah. Loopers are effects pedals. And we we welcome them with open arms.
1: (laughs) The effect pedal community says, yay to you, looper owners and lovers. And honestly,
0: I was thinking about this, you know, over the past year and few months, I bet looper pedals actually had a boost in sales because so many musicians were stuck at home during quarantine and couldn't practice with bandmates. Oh, And the great thing about looping pedals is that you can accompany yourself. Let's say you lay down a chord progression on a looping pedal and just keep playing right. that chord progression over and over again. Now you have a rhythm guitarist who will never mess up and you can practice your solos over that, over that loop.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so um, so okay, so that's the second button. What's the third knob? Third knob
0: is repeat. And that is, now that we've, let's say that with our second button, we've decided how long the pedal waits before it starts repeating. The delay. Mm-hmm. Now, the third one is to tells us how long will that delay continue before it fades out? OK, maybe it only does it once and then it disappears or you can have it go for so long that it does this thing called self-oscillation, which is when it starts it. It's going so long that it starts feeding back on itself and it starts getting louder and louder and louder and builds to this massive noise crescendo. And if you can wow. if you can learn to control that, that's a really dramatic effect.
1: It sounds it. Yeah. Uh, will it? So if it's just going to repeat, can, are you setting it by minute? Are you setting it by beats? Are no, you no? No. So
0: it- a, so an old uh, so an old delay pedal like this probably can't repeat for more than a second or so. I mean, a lot of these things are measured in milliseconds. Oh, now okay. now a digital delay pedal. Some of those have really super long buffers, and maybe it can it can it can sort of remember and start spitting out things that are a couple seconds long, maybe even longer. And looper pedals, like even my cheap looper pedal, I think can hold like six or 12 minutes. You can make a six or 12 minute loop, you know, before you start playing it back. It really depends on, it depends on with delay pedals, especially, there was a huge, there was a huge jump in flexibility once things transition from analog technology to digital technology and now with digital delays, digital delays can do that things that analog delays could never do like they can they can add harmonics to the delay they can um, they can slice the delay up like I said and spit it back to you that's called a granular delay those are very popular right now
1: When did so, like the electric guitar was invented in the 50s, right? With electricity. Uh, uh, yep. Which was Thomas not Edison. <laughs> Edison.
0: First, he made the light bulb, and then he said, now I need.
1: Ben Franklin for everybody invented else. electricity, and then guitars came. No, but I mean, I, what, I, what I'm trying to get is the history of the pedal.
0: Well, this is why this is so fortuitous. There is recently, within the last two weeks, we have been so blessed to. To be alive at the same time as this documentary called the Pedal Movie has just come out. This is the world's most comprehensive and longest documentary about Stompbox effects pedals. Okay. It's almost two and a half hours long. Wow. Um and the first the first third of it is actually a pretty good look into the history of effects pedals. And what's really interesting about the early days of effects pedals in the 50s and 60s is that a lot of these devices were made in order to capture the sound of broken audio equipment. So a musician would go into a studio and the mixing board that they were recording into would have like a broken, I don't know, capacitor or transistor. Something wasn't working correctly, but it produced like a really cool distorted tone. Okay. And they would say, I want that sound all the time. And they okay. would try to capture that sound in a portable device so that when they were in a live setting, they could recreate it. Okay. So a lot of sp- early effects pedals are actually mimicking malfunctioning equipment, which I think is really cool.
1: That is really cool. Who who's first started in this documentary? I'm sure you were reminded of who invented the effects pedal or first marketed them.
0: I I was reminded, but I can't remember because I was live streaming my commentary and it oh, all okay. went by in a huge blur as I watched it for the first time. I did that for our, what, what yeah.
1: platform is the pedal movie on? Is it on Hulu? You, you can rent it on iTunes. You can
0: rent it on iTunes, or you can rent it on Google. I think Google Play.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, it's
0: extremely dorky. I just wanna. I just wanna well, there's say. No
1: need to warn anyone okay. listening to this program. Right? Yeah. It's extremely. They're, uh, they're going to run out. There's and a, check there's a it whole out.
0: section on the use of online message boards in in the mid-90s to, to spur pedal innovations. And even I, <laughs> even I was like, is this really need to be in this documentary?
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> static
0: shots of people scrolling through Usenet groups. <laughs> it's like, it pretty incredible, yeah. I have to say. But yeah.
1: And yet you enjoyed every moment of it. Because- I enjoyed most
0: moments of it. Yeah. I was yeah. feeling a little lightheaded by the end of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what... Um- is there, okay, let's do, let's talk about pedal sponsorship. Why would, I mean, it has to be sort of, if you could talk like a pedal manufacturer mm-hmm. into, I'm going to use your pedals, so I should be your sponsorship. How many people are are making pedals? Are there as many as are making guitars?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Hmm. Are there as many pedal manufacturers as there are guitar manufacturers? I don't know, but I will say this. There are the last, I guess, 10 years, we've seen a huge explosion in what are known as boutique pedal makers. These are people who basically hand assemble pedals of their own design or really, 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 really small. You know, it's like artisanal stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Artisanal pedal makers. Maybe it's just literally one person in their garage or maybe it's a small team of five to 10 people.
1: They're going back to the land. They're
0: going back to the land, exactly. I mean, we have the we have these famous pedals that are mass produced by companies like Boss and Ibanez, and those two manufacturers especially have made some of the most iconic and widely used pedals. Um, but in addition to that, we now have these more experimental, high end, boutique pedal makers, and that has really exploded uh, in relatively recently. And then we have pedal makers that kind of in my Mind straddle the line between mass production and boutique. So like Earthquaker Devices is a pedal maker from Akron, Ohio. And Dave Hill is always on Instagram showing off some new Earthquaker Devices pedal that he probably got for free because he's a really good guitar player and is a good brand ambassador. And I'm sitting at home <laughs> in my is. sweatpants with all my janky-ass home-modified pedals just wishing I could get a taste of that Earthquaker pedal. <laughs> so there's a little... Oh. But, but But then again, like... Dave can play guitar. I can't really play guitar. You know, like I'm just kind of more into the pedals as the source of the sound rather than modifying okay. a well-played guitar.
1: Do you know what I mean? You would be perfect sponsorship because you are a pedal player. That yeah, is your sound. that's my pitch. That is your music that's my pitch. and your pitch. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's what I should get into.
1: <laughs> Self-marketing
0: so as a pedal player.
1: It's now an iconic the iconic pedals that you just mentioned mm-hmm. how is that defined are those are they the, the sort of the reverb the distortion the fuzzy
0: well let's talk about some very specific models of pedals and why they are so famous yes please one of the most famous pedals is something called the ibanez tube screamer which is i guess a kind of overdrive pedal um, they're they're very recognizable it's a it's a green it's a green pedal It's had a lot of iterations over the years, but the original version of it, which is called, I think, the TS-808, which has a very specific chip in its circuit board. Okay. Those go for thousands of dollars now. And one of the reasons they're super famous is that it was Stevie Ray Vaughan's signature pedal. And it's what gave him that, that kind of amazing, creamy, overdriven guitar tone that works really well with blues. Right? Okay. The blues music. Yeah. So the, so right. the Ibanez Tube Screamer is, a, is an iconic collectible pedal. Okay. Another pedal, and this actually came up in the pedal documentary, and I was happy to see it because it's such a funny story. <laughs> There's another overdrive pedal called the Clon Centaur. This was a pedal that was made in the mid-90s, I think, by a guy. It instantly became legendary. Because it, it kind of boosts the signal, but they say it's quote unquote transparent, which means it doesn't really affect the tone. I don't, I don't, this is not the type oh. of pedal I'm into because it's a little too subtle for me. This is like a pedal for a musician. Okay. And I'm more of just like a bleep bloop, <laughs> scrick scrock guy. You're a pedal guy. Right. But this, it's, it's all about the pedal. But this yeah. Klon Centaur, these now go for like five to $8,000 on the secondhand market. And what it, and, and it, they're
1: the same size as the one that no, you've this is a bit. They're
0: bigger. They're boxier. They're bigger. Yep. Okay. And this pedal is. It took a long time for people to figure out how to recreate this pedal because the manufacturer. It was just one guy. I think his name is Don something. I can't remember. I know all the pedal. Heads. It so is scream, Klon Centaur. Screaming at me right now. Yeah, the Klon Centaur. He did. He did, I want
1: his name to be Klon Centaur.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did something called uh, he gooped it, which means that he. In order to obscure his trade secrets, he covered the circuit board and all the components in a kind of black goo, so that you couldn't look at the board and be like, "Okay, I know it's that it's that brand transistor running into this type of chip, and then there's also this type right. of capacitor. I can recreate this on my own. I'll just buy the parts and assemble it myself. It's like Coke's secret recipe."
1: Yes, he literally covered it. He just he painted over it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's another another super. That's another super iconic collectible pedal. Now,
1: that's that. First of all, that's genius because you can like you took that yours apart. If you know what all those components look like, you should be able to to duplicate that sound. So right.
0: And and there's there's yeah. And there's there's a whole other um, sidebar about pedals that we haven't even gotten into, which is called build your own clone. And this is where you. Let's say that you can't afford a real tube screamer, but you okay. online you have found a schematic for a circuit board and a list of components that should get you close enough. So right. you either buy those components individually individually from electronics parts stores or, you know, there's a website that is literally called Build Your Own Clone. They send you everything. They send you all the components in a bag, they send you the circuit board, they send you the box with all the holes drilled, they send you the knobs, oh, and wow. then they send you the instructions and you just put it all together and solder it together yourself and then you have what's known as a clone. So let's say I built an Ibanez Tube Screamer clone. Right. And maybe I built it for, you know, half or a fraction of the cost of if I'd actually bought a Tube Screamer.
1: Right, cuz a Tube Screamer itself is When when you told me that the one that you had modded was $30, yeah. I knew that we're talking about things that can be relatively expensive. This is this totally. is not a super cheap hobby playing an electric guitar and having Pedals and <laughs> right. this is this most is a commitment. Most yeah.
0: pedals are still cheaper than most electric guitars and most amplifiers. Mm-hmm. Collectible pedals can can run thousands of dollars, and even some of these new boutique pedal makers will charge between like three hundred and five hundred dollars for a new pedal.
1: Okay, so I've, how, n- so I've never clone... paid that
0: much. That just feels like it just feels like too much money to spend on a pedal. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Like five hundred dollars, right. well, like five hundred
1: dollars. But what about the sound that you would get out of it? Would it be worth five hundred dollars? I mean,
0: this is a bit. I mean, this is what I deal with, right? Because if I was a working guitarist, yes, a really and with a high level of musicality and a very 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 specific idea for the tone that I wanted, mm-hmm. then I, then it makes sense as an investment. But I'm a guy who's just making really abrasive noises and sounds. And I kind of so like you don't need a specific. Yeah, sound? you know, it's kind of like let me buy this old piece of shit and see what it sounds like. That's kind of my attitude towards <laughs> all this stuff, you know. Like
1: I, I love that. Yeah,
0: that's. Uh, I've always just been attracted to kind of like. Cheap, I don't know if I'm buying stuff. that album,
1: but I I'm, I definitely love. I will tell you what, what, go you to my Bandcamp.
0: There's I have an album up there, and you will hear DavidReeseRecords.bandcamp.com. I made an al- okay. a concept album about quarantine called "You Ain't Going Nowhere." And you'll hear all my cheap Casio keyboards and modified effects pedals and broken drum machines and stuff.
1: And it's just David Reese Records.
0: David Reese Records.bandcamp.com. Yep.
1: Sure. It's uh, Everybody's all over Bandcamp, you guys. Dork Forest is on Bandcamp. There's a bunch of free episodes back when I was recording. You would have loved these episodes because they were essentially, uh, it was reviewed. From 2006, I believe, to 2009, I was doing it uh, just over the internet.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it, it, And it, so it kind of has the sound quality of a conference call. There you go, yeah. And it was reviewed as a po- like listening to a podcast that sounded like AM radio being held up to a telephone. See, there's probably so a pedal. One-
0: you, you Nowadays, they probably build a super expensive pedal to get that effect.
1: Exactly. Right? So go to Bandcamp, you guys, and check out... All of the different things that's what I do love about bandcamp is that you can do whatever you want, yeah, I and, like it. and they have a platform that that if you want to, you can um make it look nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay, so those two iconic pedals mm-hmm. and pedal makers, right are there more that you could think of, or
0: yeah, I mean duh, 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 duh the M- i mean the MXR phaser we have to give a shout out to the classic MXR phaser uh, yes, which please. i think was made famous i think that's the one that Eddie Van Halen used on eruption okay um, the crybaby wawa of course uh, the wawa pedal just generically is an iconic sound um, there's a lot of
1: wait what is that what is that stick that's on a i know it's oh, not a called that. it's well it's on it's when you play the guitar sometimes there's like a little handle
0: Oh, right. That's a whammy bar.
1: Okay. Um, and that is different. That is not a pedal at all. Where you are not Interesting. Using your feet. Not technically
0: a pedal, although it does affect the guitar tone because what it does is it, let me see if I can get this right. It yeah, adjusts, a whammy bar. it bends the bridge of the guitar, which shortens the length, it shortens the length of the strings and it slackens the tension of the slings of the strings so that when you bend the bar, the notes dip, and if you stretch okay. out the bar, the notes get higher. It's basically a way to adjust the string tension on the fly.
1: Okay. While keeping and the guitar
0: in tune. Yep.
1: R- right, because then when you release it, it goes back it to its should, original. It
0: should go back to normal. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so it sort of has the effect of a pedal, but it is obviously not
0: correct. Yep. A exactly. Bit. Yep. Okay. It's about as close to it's about as close to an effects pedal as you can get without actually being an effects pedal. That's interesting. Yeah, you're right.
1: Okay. It's it's uh because I've seen pictures of many guitars, but I don't know anything about them. I never did I never did try to play the guitar. Why have you seen so H- many pictures t- of guitars? Uh for some reason people are uh there's there's always showing some what like whatever that guy from Nirvana died. The, Kurt a Cobain? lot of him yeah, Kirk. Yeah, he played He's, guitar. His, right, so, he played guitar. There's always a picture of him and his guitar. Yep, you're right. Or yep. I'll be listening. I'll be listening to some music, and there will be someone using one of those whammy bars. And I was like, I wonder what that's called. Probably not called a stick that comes off the guitar.
0: I mean, it almost is bar stick. You're close. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: sure. And so, what are your are? Is there music that just uses the pedals besides yourself? I'm so glad
0: you asked this question because this was something that I was very intrigued to see um, about this pedal movie. The pedal movie, I will say, is very rock centric. It really focuses on uh, and mostly indie rock. It mostly focuses on guys playing their guitar through a bunch of pedals. They did not really focus on what I consider to be the one genre of music that literally cannot be made without effects pedals, which is noise music. Most noise oh. music is created exclusively or or almost entirely by effects pedals, by distortion pedals, by overdrive pedals, by feeding pedals back into themselves, by creating sounds directly within the mixing board. Just like feeding right. the mixing board into itself to feed back and then running that through pedals. Or by doing something that a lot of people, including myself, do, which is you take a contact microphone and attach it to a surface of metal and then bang on it and run it through a million distortion pedals until it just sounds like explosions. But there's <laughs> so noise music, these noise musicians have been rocking pedals from day one and they got no love in this pedal documentary. And I was kind of surprised to see that.
1: That is surprising because that is an actual genre of music. Yeah. Yeah. Right, a very and,
0: pedal-centric genre of music.
1: Right, and I, I know, I believe, I believe one of my friends likes noise music a great deal. Okay, I don't know that for sure, so we will. You're just kind of like no names.
0: Look for the signs of your friend liking noise music. Why? What makes right. you think? What makes you think <laughs> that they like noise music? But you're not sure
1: how much he hates billy joel no that's not true but he does not enjoy billy joel okay um and which is kind of the opposite of noise music yeah um it's um but i will say that with with i don't know a lot about noise music mm-hmm. um i assume it is noisy i assume that the definition of music means that there is some sort of pattern going on
0: Okay, keep going with or these. Or it yeah. has a
1: beginning, a middle, and an end, like a story. You know, is there um, lyrics in music, in noise music, or is it entirely well? We, the
0: sound we kind of have to get even dorkier now because now it depends on what subgenre of noise you're talking about. Sure, I I don't <laughs> noise music to, <laughs> noise music to me is is kind of like drugs. It's just more fun to make it yourself than to listen to other people do it. You know what I mean? Like
1: okay. Yeah, that's a great analogy. (laughs) Um but
0: let's take an iconic let's take an iconic noise music album. This is like if you just want to talk about noise music, there's an album by a Japanese artist named Murzbow. He's extremely prolific. He's made hundreds of albums over the years. He He made this album called Pulse Demon. This is probably one of the most famous albums of noise music.
1: Okay. Pulse
0: Demon is extremely, (laughs) extremely abrasive electronic sounds. Okay. And one of the reasons that this album is so infamous is that when they went to go master the album, right, they were done recording it, they were done mixing it, and now it was time to take it to the master, which is when they do like the final EQ touches and sequence everything, and then it gets, you know, burnt onto a compact disc or turned into a record. Right. The legend is that when they went to the mastering facility, they told the mastering facility to make the level higher than, higher than really than you're supposed to. What this means is that if you have a iTunes shuffle going and you're listening to music and Pulse Demon comes on, it's incredibly loud. It's painfully loud relative to what you were just listening to. And I've learned this the hard way with headphones on a walk. And oh, if, so you really have to that. you really have to be careful with this record because it because like a lot of noise music it's extremely aggressive and it has this element of danger to it, right?
1: Well, in that case there's definitely danger to your eardrums.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, um, my tinnitus is so fucking annoying right now yeah
1: <laughs> so but tinnitus might actually add to the vibe well might totally to because
0: tonight tini- what is tinnitus tinnitus is kind of an ab- abrasive obnoxious ringing in your ears
1: it's like effects pedal you listen to enough noise body, music eventually
0: your brain will just start producing it again and you don't have and you can cut out the middleman and just listen right. to these drones
1: <laughs> so if the pedal movie is leaning towards rock mm-hmm. and essentially the use of effects pedals in sort of a lyrical narrative, yeah, right? Right. But noise music just uses it to create different sounds mm-hmm. that is then called music. Yeah. Um. I am slightly fascinated by how aggressive noise music is and what what it's – purpose in releasing it. Like, cause what you just said about how it's gotta be more fun to just do it. It's sort of like working out or it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's a thing I mean, where
0: we have to keep in mind that we're, we're speaking about a genre of music or sound art that does have a lot of different subgenres. There is some n- noise music that kind of gets, you know, that blurs the line with like minimalism, Or drone music, right? And some noise music can be so thick and rich sonically that it is kind of relaxing. It's like a sound bath, right? Not all noise music is deliberately aggressive and provocative and kind of sonically violent. Um, Got it. But that is kind of the... I mean, when I think of noise music, this is... Tell me if this describes your friend. When I think of noise music, I think of a guy bent over a card table in a basement with a bunch of pedals. He's turning knobs and and it's really super loud. And he's just hunched over this table for like 45 minutes, going crazy, turning the knobs on and just creating like a total obnoxious squall of sound. Does that sound like something Um, your friend would be into?
1: Maybe, maybe he is an artist and he is, uh, I think has, you know like like we i think everyone has unresolved rage mm-hmm. and but i think his unresolved rage is comes out in that music and helps
0: yeah like he might so, be a noise, sort of, he might be a noise artist
1: he might he might be if you have, have unresolved
0: rage and a bunch of weird pedals you might be a noise artist
1: <laughs> he doesn't have it i don't think he makes noise music Oh, he just he listen, literally right, okay. listens to
0: it yeah so he's the, is, he's the rarest person on earth which is someone who makes, who listens to noise music but doesn't make noise music. Yes, you might be the only person out there that who fits that category. He
1: might be keeping an industry alive.
0: Right, totally. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I think I think the opposite is much more common, which is someone who makes noise music but doesn't listen to noise music.
1: I wonder about the hangout. You know, with the like, do, do you have friends? Let's get back to pedals. Mm-hmm. In the way that do you sit around and talk about like this is a beautiful experience for you, an hour. To talk about pedal effects, uh-huh. this effects is a beautiful pedals. Experience. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's always it's what I'm trying to do with the dork forest, just to make this. Oh, I'm uh, in this uh, forest.
0: A, a... I'm definitely in this forest.
1: <laughs> tweet 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 tweet. And um, so are there people that you could talk to about the pedals besides like, if you and Dave Hill got together, yeah, or Fred Armisen, would there be pedal talk?
0: There could be pedal talk. Yeah. I haven't seen Dave in a really long time, but the next time I saw him, I would want to know how he got to know the people at Earthquaker Devices and what it was. And I know some of their pedals because um, before quarantine, I was playing like improv noisy music with friends. And one of those guys was a big pedal head and he was constantly trying out new Earthquaker Devices pedals. Oh, okay, Um, Yeah. So, there, so
1: you've tr- you've you've tried those Earthquaker devices. I can't
0: remember if I ever have because it was always on his setup. You know, he was okay. a guitarist, and those pedals work really well with guitar. Um, we usually okay. we would usually what we would usually do is we we it's like a it's like a, um, I was going to say it's like a potluck, but it's not really because what would usually happen is we would each show up with our own pedals and just use our pedals exclusively. Whereas a potluck, it, everybody shows up with a dish and you share. <laughs> But in right. these sessions, we would mostly just show up with our own little bag of pedals and then set up our pedals. You guys and go were crazy. you guys
1: were cooking stone soup?
0: That's what it was, stone soup. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so, where are, are you just going to Best Buy? Can, can you practice, <laughs> can you try a pedal? <laughs> oh, where, I where, wish, where well, I wish
0: Best Buy had pedals. Oh my god! If Best Buy came out with their own line of generic pedals, like like um,
1: oh my, oh like clones,
0: yeah, clones. I would
1: not be surprised if the it's if just, Best Buy
0: made a clone Centaur clone. It would break the internet. It would break one very particular tiny subsection of the internet: the Best Buy clone, Centaur clone. <laughs> um, I usually buy my pedals used. I okay. will say that in the last six months, as our we have this podcast called Election Profit Makers, which is supposed to be about betting on political events using online prediction markets. But I did start talking about pedals on that podcast. And some some listeners actually sent me some old pedal. Like someone would be like, I haven't used this pedal in 20 years. Do you want it? I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to turn down an old pedal. And they sent me a pedal, that kind of thing. (laughs) But I usually buy my pedals used. I think I've only ever bought two, less than five pedals new. One of them was because it's a really hard pedal to get. And the guy was making them in really limited batches and they would immediately sell out. And I just happened to be online one night when he announced a new batch of these pedals. So I immediately bought it. That was $250. That's the most money I've ever spent on a pedal.
1: Right. How many pedals do you own when you say five? I think I have about 30. Okay. And do they all do a variation on a theme or are they all distinct? Well, What's speaking
0: of dorkiness, I actually yes. made a spreadsheet of all my pedals.
1: <laughs>
0: to, you got to uh, love a spreadsheet. Uh, that's not dorky, right? I made, a, no. I made an Excel spreadsheet because I wanted to keep track of them. And some of them are in storage and some of them are, you know, it's just like, I wanted to like, all right, where are all my pedals and what do they do? Right. And I also um, categorized, so I made a, so here are the parameters, the, the yes. model name, the manufacturer, the type of pedal, that is the, 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 the overall category of effect. Is it an overdrive? Is it a fuzz? Is it a delay? Is it a reverb? Okay. Um, and then um, where I got the pedal, or who gave it to me, you know? Okay. And then its current All location. Right. And I was surprised little provenance. Little provenance and it's cur- in there. Exactly. The pedigree. And current Yep. So that the pedals that I have the most of, the type of pedals that I seem to have the most of are delay pedals and fuzz pedals. I don't know why I have okay. so many fuzz pedals, but I do. And and again awesome. now again, a true pedal head is listening to this and being like, This guy only has thirty pedals. Fuck this imposter. <laughs> Come talk to me. I have 250 pedals because a lot of pedal. If you really get into pedals, you can go crazy, right?
1: right right and that's true of all things though mm-hmm. and but I think that the the spreadsheet brings you up a notch Thank for you. sure yeah. it's uh my brother was on this program he has a spreadsheet of hallmark movies Christmas movies oh, that he's watched.
0: right okay
1: so there's there's no there's there are no boundaries spreadsheet uh, is when
0: you know you're taking your hobby seriously it's very satisfying yes. yep
1: you need to know ex- I, I let me let me look to take us to the paperwork mm-hmm. uh-huh. and um so a lot of that and then So where do you get, I mean, if you wanted to buy them new, would you go to the Guitar Center?
0: You could go to Guitar Center. Excuse me. You should probably go to your local mom and pop music store, independently owned and operated, and see what they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when I've bought pedals, oh, Craigslist is a great place to buy pedals because... A lot of times, that's a good way to pick up just a cheap old pedal that's not okay, almost like not worth listing online. It's not worth the hassle if someone just wants to get rid of it for 30 bucks,
1: like an eBay, right. It's not even worth it, it's just Craigslist.
0: The but the the big the, the big um marketplace for pedals is a website called reverb.com, and reverb.com actually produced the pedal movie. It's basically a propaganda movie about the glories of effects pedals because reverb.com is a huge marketplace for buying and selling effects pedals.
1: sure and by the way go to reverb.com if you enjoyed this film right so they're not wrong by the way i am talking with david reese and if you get a chance he has a podcast and uh and he has a show that he is uh working with others on one is called election profit makers that's the podcast and uh dick town is on hulu and it's an animated show that's right and are there dick jokes
0: no Dick so Dicktown is a show I made with my friend John Hodgman, and we called it Dick Yay. we called it Dicktown because it is set in a fictional the fictional town of Richardsville, North Carolina, which the locals shortened <laughs> to Dicktown. And sure. Richardsville is kind of based on my hometown of Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
1: Okay. so it's kind Super of an, fun a,
0: kind of an homage to the to the Piedmont region of the of North Carolina. yeah, we solve right. we solve mysteries for teenagers.
1: We got listeners in North Carolina. Oh, really? Okay, and cool. Sure, Yeah. sure. And um, so what... Now, you should know that we only have like about eight or nine more minutes all right, all right, to talk all right. about pedals. Let's go, pedals. let's go, let's go. What else? What don't I know? What do I need to know? About pedals? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's a heavy question. I've never thought about that. <laughs> uh, what do you need to know about pedals?
1: Well, if if, it Yep.
0: I think once you I think pedals are the type of technology that once you're aware of it, you'll really start to hear it in music. And you'll really start to understand how much music, especially guitar tones, are actually like quote unquote unnatural, which is to say they have been affected. They they do have effects on them. It's not just a guitar running into an amplifier. Now and obviously those effects might not be stomp box effects. They might not be these little pedal boxes. They might be super fancy digital effects that are used in the studio. Or these days, maybe it's effects that come with your digital audio workstation, right? Maybe you just have all these effects loaded into Ableton. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly speaking, especially if you're recording digitally, there's no real rational reason to own a stompbox effects because computers can do all of that now, right? Right. They really can. Now, for live performance, it's different. They are very um, useful in the live performance setting. And it is fun okay. to twiddle knobs and turn knobs. And the physicality of it, like playing it like an instrument, is really satisfying. But if all you care about is the end result, you don't really need pedals.
1: Right. Which I think is, is I mean, that, that's, that might be a different way of making music then. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you're doing all of your stuff in is the name of the one-man band, I'm thinking, Badly Drawn Boy?
0: That sounds familiar, but I don't know if he's a one-man band, but I've heard of that name, he's, yeah.
1: Well, I know he's one guy. Okay. And he does it mostly in studio. And he he layers it and he creates it himself. And the music is lovely. And But I think that the effects, I don't know if the effects are with the pedals or if they are done digitally where he can get exactly what he wants. Yeah. But a, a live experience, like what is the, Here's here's a real, a, a genuine question is of the, all the live music you've seen, what was kind of the best live pedal use? Well... Have you seen some cool live pedal work? Here's something kind of interesting. So
0: like I mentioned, a big component of noise music is pedals. And another big component of noise music are contact microphones or piezo microphones. These are microphones that are just metallic discs Unlike regular microphones, they don't pick up on vibrations in the air. They actually only work if they are directly in contact with the vibrating surface. And noise artists love these things because you can tape one to a piece of sheet metal or to an iron bar and start wailing on it and then run it through a bunch of effects pedals. You get some crazy sounds. Yep. So I wanted to write an essay about the joys of contact microphones for the New York Times. And so as part of my research, I went to a live noise show by a sort of infamous noise artist named, um, oh, fuck, I'm blanking on his name, Lucas Abela. Okay. Let me check that. Hold on, can you check? I want to don't want to get this name wrong, this guy's name.
1: Is... Right, so uh, the commitment to uh, to accuracy I mean, right? is rarely found here in the Dork Forest, and we appreciate it. This has been a small, tiny ad. Right, okay, so his stage
0: is. name is Justice Yeldum. Okay, so he's, 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 Yeldum. He's Australian. He plays... Um his claim to fame is playing sheets of broken glass. So what he does is the day of his show he'll walk around a crummy neighborhood until he finds a broken window. Mm-hmm. And then he'll show up at the club with his broken piece of glass and attach a contact mic to the surface of the glass, turn on like 60 effects pedals and then start blowing into like he has the glass direct he has the glass directly on his mouth. He starts blowing on the glass, screaming into the glass, scraping the glass against his face. And it just makes these crazy, you know, crazy, you noisy sounds. And yeah, I saw him. I saw him. This is very on brand for him. I saw him at a windowless basement noise show in, um, I guess it was in Queens. Yeah. And he okay. just went off for like 45 minutes. It was really wild. And it, you know, it does, wow. it does have that kind of aggression and that darkness and that threat of danger. You know, there's like a risk of him, you know, he's cut him. Burning
1: his mouth. the yes,
0: yeah. show ends. He's smeared in blood. There's blood all over the glass. People are screaming, you know, it's like all this feedback. It's really wild.
1: Wow. Yeah. That, uh, that sounds terrifying. Um, but Emotionally satisfying if that's what you're saying. Right. I mean, yeah, I think
0: a lot of people turn to noise music for catharsis because it is, Mm -hmm. it can be just really overwhelming and powerful and abstract in a way that even the heaviest, most rocking rock music can't be because it is noise. Right.
1: When did you first notice the pedals in music?
0: Well, I mean, I played in a high school band and I think we cobbled together three or four pedals back then. But really what happened was I started playing music again after a long absence like three years ago. Um, and my friend was like, let's jam in this. He had he had like this warehouse storage space and he his friend dropped off a drum set and I brought over my guitar. And at the time, I think I only had one pedal. I had a boss pitch, pitch shifting delay that I would had for like 20 years and then I, once we started playing music, improv music, I got into circuit bending. I started buying old Casio keyboards and modifying them. And then we invited a friend. Uh, to. He, and this was the pedal guy. This is a guitarist who really liked pedals and was constantly trying out new pedals. And then, uh, I guess over the last few years, it kind of just grew kind of slowly. I was like, I want to get some funky pedals and make some weird noises, you know?
1: Yeah. And yeah, then you just so go you down have... a
0: rabbit hole and then it's like Friday. You're spending your Friday night like watching a 45 minute YouTube video about how to correctly use some new granular <laughs> delay pedal you bought. And then you realize you've just turned into a total fucking loser.
1: <laughs> Except the joy is real. Yeah. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the joy is real. <laughs> no regrets. Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't have,
1: any re- don't have any regrets I, about I, your pedal I, love. I don't
0: need my friends anymore. I have my my little it's, robot uh, friends here.
1: Right, you get your little robot friends, uh-huh. though you might have to categorize uh, and just sort of separate. It, have you had to limit sort of the the rabbit hole of of the effects pedals, or are you just... Well,
0: there's a little joke in the... Because I know there's you're a, kidding, there, but, it's, there's a little but joke, it's real. There's a little joke in the pedal community. This is a classic dad joke. It's like, I'm afraid I have a bad case of gas. Gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and for... <laughs> You know, it's like any other habit. I told myself initially, I'll never own more than 20 pedals. After 20 pedals, if one comes in, another one's got to go out. But then I put some in storage. So it's like those kind of don't count because I don't have access to them. So I can still load up because I'm not using those other pedals. Do you know what I mean?
1: I totally know what you mean. Uh, About must have been five or six years ago. My loved uh, my loved one Andy Ashcraft started looking for a car that he could not afford, so instead he started collecting Hot Wheels again from when he was a oh, tiny right. child. Oh, right, okay, yeah. And now there are a lot of Hot Wheels in this house, and he has decided that he likes sort of the branded ones, the character cars, uh-huh. and they are not. It, it's essentially it's not the car that Bugs Bunny would drive if Bugs Bunny drove a car. It's the car that Bugs Bunny would be if Bugs Bunny were a car.
0: Whoa, that's heavy. Okay, And so
1: there are DC and Marvel and Looney Tunes and um, Star Wars and all these different, and he collects different versions of them. I was like, that's his, I will never be part and parcel Mm of this. And then I saw a very cool, uh, I think it was... Was the first one I liked? It was the Bugs Bunny one. Was the first one I liked, and so now I'm staring at nine cars. I now have in my oh, this is is your own collection.
0: This is your own. This is now I
1: have a weird tiny collection that I was like, well, he has all these. If I wanted, so they're doubles. It's not like he doesn't have his own Bugs Bunny car. And then I will look for him when I'm on the road at different cars. And I bought one that I knew he didn't want. That I wanted. And that's just dumb. Ah, no, it's smart. It's that
0: very savvy. Yeah.
1: David Reese is if um Fred Flintstone. Oh were yeah, a car, totally. Wow. This would be the car that Fred yeah, Flintstone
0: yeah, big dump truck.
1: would be. Yeah, that captures something so, about him. It made me <laughs> it made me laugh. And uh, and then I uh yeah, and those and then that's a perfect example because I also said that I would never buy a large one. Because I would only buy normal size Hot Yeah, what happened wheels. with that? Uh, this car was introduced into my life, and it is, if Winnie the Pooh... Was
0: a, was a cement mixer.
1: A cement mixer that had honey. Wait, on. are these officially licensed? Yes, they are. Really? Yeah, they are.
0: That's such a weird idea. Such a specific idea. So specific. What if Winnie the Pooh was As a cement p- truck? Yeah. <laughs> I never would have thought of that
1: uh it's that's kind of the greatest thing about the cars is the amount of thought that goes yeah, into yeah like, yeah the, like there's five different han solo cars oh and each one of them is a different outfit of his including the carbonite so there's oh, right what kind of car is yeah, that that's just a it's super flat yeah
0: i would imagine right
1: and uh, it looks like carbonite. Yeah, all it's right. just it's on wheels. Anyway, it's better looking than you'd think. But I've digressed away from pedals. But we are at we were at an hour, so uh, I just want to say, David Reese, that this I've learned a lot. Really? Oh, and good. Oftentimes, oh, cool. Yeah, and oftentimes with with musical episodes, I am left in the. But this was technical, and uh, I both learned something and. Um, and and it was musical, so I kind of feel like I've grown a little bit.
0: Well, I appreciate that you were very you were very nice to let me come on and and go on and on about this about about these pedals.
1: It's my it's my, uh, it's my favorite. So everyone should know that we've been talking with David Reese. He has a podcast called Election Profit Makers, and uh, and a show on Hulu called Dicktown. And um, thank you so much for doing the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other.